And they'll realize that too once they get up on stage and feel like shit because they look like shit compared to everybody else. We were just talking about Meg getting bangs, like but like clip-in bangs, show bangs. Oh, I was gonna say don't don't really do it. Yeah. No, not really. Just to like take on and off as like yeah, an alter no, ego. Yeah, cute for sure. Because I have like a big forehead and no. all these wrinkles. But it would it's save a- money on Botox. Dude, I metabolize Botox like that. Same. So I'm like, fuck it. I just have wrinkles. I have an ugly lifting face. It is what it is. Stop it. Yeah, I would never get Botox. (laughs) Why? What's it called? What? I like my face. I don't feel the need to get Botox. Like, I don't want to. I'm getting a a fucking facelift the second I turn 40. (laughs) I've always said that. 40 facelift. 40 facelift. No, I'm looking at these clip-in bangs, though. Like, they're kind of cute. Like, I like the little face frames. Those are actually really cute. Mm -hmm. And then you could do that like specifically when you're not at the gym. I think that would be the one place that I wouldn't want real bangs because like when you're sweating, you imagine? like plastered <laughs> across your forehead. Mm-hmm. I used to have bangs as a child. Let me try to find a photo. Bro, I used to have a part as a child. I'll have Eric put up. I do that too. Dude, my mom hated me. My sister did I don't know it. what it was, but my mom was like, you're going to have short hair and have a perm. So I looked like Burley Temple because I was fat as fuck. That's oh, cute. It ruined those ruin your hair. Well, mine is yeah. my hair up, dude. I'm actually here for these clip and bangs. I can't I'm see so it. So fucking white. Yeah, we can't Why see it. it. White. Just send it in the group chat. There. Oh yeah, I'll send it in the group chat. I'm so cute. <laughs> it's adorable. It's adorable. Excited for this. But I vote we both we all get bangs in the bang episode. Have a banger episode. Like, like a clip in bang party? I like it. I think that's hilarious. Dude. Oh wow, your hair was like white white. Oh yeah, my hair is naturally platinum fucking blonde. That's wild. And my eyebrows are always as dark. That's why I went brown, because like my hair used to be my I was born with jet black hair and then it turned mm-hmm. blonde. But Same. that's crazy. Yeah. Dude, that's babies so cool. are wild. Like, what the fuck are we doing? That's unusual, though. It, for same, I was the same thing. My mm-hmm. hair was black, and it's usually your hair doesn't get lighter as you get older. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm wild. But yeah, we're we're That's team good. we're team bang for Meg, and maybe Laura and Ash too have a bang episode. Mm-hmm. It's cute when your hair is up too. Just a clip in, not 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 going full bang. I can't Heart commit. Bang. I can't commit. Fair enough. Has everybody visited? What are you looking at? Still the bangs? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just like, I'm like enamored with like, like what it looks like without a person behind it. But then like. You could do clip-ins for extensions too. Are you on Amazon? Yeah. Like this bitch looks so good. I know, I but we we get them. It's gonna so be stupid. like they're gonna look stupid. I bet they use people for those images though that really have actual bangs. Yeah, maybe. Let's see, let me go to the five stars and up. <clears throat> yeah, what's twenty minute? I might get it overnight. Twenty four dollars. Mm. Jeez. Hmm. 
I'd spend $24 to have like peace of mind knowing that it's temporary and you can recur it. <laughs> facts, facts. Agreed. I love the hashtag. The growing out process. The, the, the quote is new bangs, new day, new you. Ooh. Oh, wow. How could you not want that? I know. No. So catchy. My ash blonde. It. Yeah. Cool. How's everyone's day? Good. Good. Haven't done too much. About to go to the gym. Yo, I love it. Most of my stuff is in the evenings that today. Yeah. How was your travel with all the summit and stuff? It was good. Mm-hmm. I was just it was good to be around the team and like mm-hmm. connect with them, but I didn't go to like the dinners or the gala. Like I just wasn't in the the mindset to be like super social. Mm-hmm. But it seems mm-hmm. like he's doing a lot for all of you guys, both like yeah. to become more more of a team. everybody and yeah and but educationally and stuff too mm-hmm. like yeah really cool to see it is really nice but we're heading to nashville next weekend we all got an airbnb together so that's oh, wow. for jeff black's gym's uh charity event so there's mm-hmm. a few speakers there like justin mahaley and jason is and uh cameron cheek people be there so i'll finally get oh, to meet them nice. are you gonna yeah. train with cameron while you're up there like i know he doesn't do your training but like is he gonna like I don't know. Watch you train. That's weird. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I hope he watches me train and is okay. like, oh, she could practice here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait a second. You want to? I don't know. I have switched my my mindset around it because we are heading into a growth phase. And I like based on my progress, that I can see I need more size in specific areas. So mm-hmm. 12 weeks, that will put us at April. So I could jump into a prep and do Tampa. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if I'm not like ready, I'm not ready. And I'll just start prep like later and do like an October show, qualify for next year. Just take a year off, you know? I'd rather that when I think about it. But we'll see. You get yeah, plenty yeah. of options. Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously I'd love to see more hamstring, but like, you know, you can look at your physique and always say like, oh, I need a little bit more of this. I need a little bit more of this. But sometimes you just need to compete and see where you stack up against like other competitors of your caliber. But I yeah. mean, you should do it because you want to compete because you're mentally ready and you think it's going to be like the best thing for you. And if you don't feel like you're aligned with that, then hold off. Like there's no timeline, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a good segue based on what we're talking about today about like establishing realistic timelines when it comes to being competitive. So we'll talk about like an enhanced competitor versus natural different divisions, um, genetics, and then also coming down to like work ethic. And at the end of the day, developing that mindset maturity as an athlete. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Meg. I just, I think (laughs) you took a big old bite of food. (laughs) I know. I just, I'm sorry. I'm eating my pre-workout. I have to train after this, but, um, you know, I think we're a good group of gals to talk about this because ash and i have been in our long as fuck off seasons forever laura you've been (laughs) you you've done like a a longer off season right yeah the last one before i competed in august August, i was off for three years yeah so i think we're all three we have some good insight here i've never done a natural prep i've been roiding this whole time but i don't know if you guys have like 
experience with that. Well, I did with athletes, obviously, but like myself, I don't. Yeah, I mean, my first prep, my only prep was <laughs> vegan and natural, but like when I was like reversing and doing all that other shit, like everything that I did thus far up to bodybuilding was just shit. Like it yeah. took me the past like two years to actually like become a bodybuilder and becoming the athlete that I wanted to be in terms of yeah. like <clears throat> maturity mindset, training, nutrition, how I view myself, how I view my body, how I view my relationship with bodybuilding. So like it has taken me a really long time. That's why like the five years that I've been off, like I could look at that physique that I've had on stage and like, yeah, that's me, but it's not me. It's not the same girl that's like talking right now. So it's like being enhanced versus being natural for me. Like, yes, obviously now I'm enhanced, but like the, the maturity of my mental state is yeah. the true secret behind mm -hmm. my mind because like nothing is the that's same anymore. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That's wild. Vegan and natty. Shit. <laughs> Shit. That's really, like no really dis disordered <laughs> as fuck. Like, let's just call it what it is. It was disordered as fuck. That, that's like the, the truth hey. behind it. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people's initial competition years is your yeah. transition. That was me at least transitioning mm -hmm. from like eating disorder to an area that like accepted the fact that you could get fucking shredded and be okay with that from the public and no questioning yeah. your ability to be healthy yeah i i get that a lot on my transformation posts when i post like you know me and me muscly they're like oh one extreme to the next and it's like yeah because bodybuilding attracts people who have like addictive personalities yeah, there's a type it does <laughs> yeah there's a type we're crazy um but legit like yeah it's an extreme to an extreme but like you said, like that mental growth that I've developed over the past, I would say like the last three years for me has been so pivotal. Like I'm not in the same place. Like I don't view this as disorderly at all. My mindset is so good with bodybuilding, the food and everything. And it's, it hasn't always been that way. When I was prepping for like the Tampa pro, I was, it was shit, quite yeah. literally, but now I'm in a really good place so yeah um did we want to differentiate between like a timeline between like an enhanced prep and a, and a natty prep yeah I mean I think that comes down to like if we're talking like I don't know if you want to talk about like contest prep versus like actual building for me like my when I mm. thought about this topic I'm more thinking about being realistic when it comes to like being competitive with your physique so I'm more thinking about like the actual growing of your mm. physique in specific divisions so like if you are an enhanced versus a natural athlete okay. natural is going to take longer it just is you don't have that competitive edge of using enhancements because that's what enhancements do is they enhance and they speed up your results if we're taking in the context consideration that you're checking your boxes and you're doing all the things that you should be doing anyway. An enhanced individual, if they have like the proper response to PEDs, they're going to have a leg up. So therefore they can have like shorter off seasons or maybe even the same length of an off season, but make more progress because the enhancements are just speeding things up. So if you are natural, you have to consider that your off season, your growth potential is going to be less. So you need to take the quality time, especially if you are a bigger division girl. 
So we're thinking like a little itty bitty bikini versus like a figure. And then, I mean, shit, WPD wellness. Yeah. <laughs> Lol. Yeah. Not much um, difference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you could kind of twist that though. And also put that application towards a contest prep because yeah. you have a little bit more of a calculated, at least estimation of a timeline for an enhanced athlete. So if you're hitting a wall, you have things that you can add in to speed up the process. Mm -hmm. If you have someone who's natural, most of the time hitting the gas is going to send you backwards. So it's typical that you have to extend and even start out with the mindset that you're going to have a longer prep just so you can build in the diet breaks, the refeeds, the resets, the all of those things needed to keep that athlete healthy. That's the biggest thing is Mm -hmm. to keep them healthy because they have nothing that is being implemented. That is also in recovery. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm huge on like, when people say like natural preps are healthier than enhanced preps, I'm like, nah, nah, nothing is healthy about prep, but if you want to say healthy, (laughs) yeah, but it's not, you know, naturally in a in a strict diet like this we're suppressing the fuck out of our like sex hormones our thyroid we have just a little bit of like trt a little bit of t3 that could help us be healthier in quotes like then i'm not telling you to blast gear man i'm just telling you support the shit meg saying these roids guys (laughs) i mean yeah do that but (laughs) responsibly under a coach's guidance that's right um, but yeah when it comes to kind of circling back sorry to the off season for naturals you also have to consider your training age so like how long have you been consistently training and like mm-hmm. consistently training like an athlete not like an instagram fit chick you know um actually putting in putting in the work like it's so different, but, um, you know, the new, like newbie games, like those things are legit. Like it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I put on a good bit of size, size in my first, like go at bodybuilding when I was natural for like, you know, the first, I, I jumped into shit too soon. Sorry. I'll be honest. Um, but like, it was like low dose Anabar, but still I, I had natural potential that I could have just kind of yeah. flew with, but eh, whatever, you live and you learn. Um, but with that being said, you have to take into consideration, you know, that muscle that you're accruing is not the same look as like an enhanced athlete or somebody with five, six years on you in regards to training. The density of the muscle, the tissue, when you cut down, you're going to look significantly different. So if you want to, you know, run with your your natural potential, which I think a lot of athletes should because, you know, I think a lot of people have more natural potential than they give themselves credit for. They're just trying for that, like, quick, like, easy way to get to Z when they haven't even put in the work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to consider the overall look, too. And it may just take longer off season. But I think there's also a big question of like, people are always like, what's my natural potential? And it's like, people get so caught up in what the fuck that is. And in reality, you'll never really reach that natural potential. Like, like who's to say what that is, but that doesn't mean that you skip over the basics. And I think that's something that, and Meg, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and I sound very similar with hopping on vitamin Innovar way too quickly is we didn't have like our ducks in a row. 
So, and if you want to talk about genetics, like again, as, as to remind everyone, Meg and I are about the same age and the same height, and she is over 200 and I'm barely 130. So if you want to talk about genetic structures, yeah, Meg is built for bodybuilding. She's built to be a big old bitch. She, you know, IFBB pro figure, she's a big meaty wellness girl. And I'm like, you know, an itsy bitsy bikini bitch. So it's like, if you want to talk about genetics, it's like, okay, she's built as a Clydesdale and I'm like my little pony, you know what I'm saying? And that's just what it is. Like, that's just, like, like, that's just being real. I hope that my genetics aren't really great for bodybuilding, but here's the deal. I have a stellar work ethic. So it's like people kind of like put genetics in such this big, big basket. And yeah, like if you're trying to be like Derek Lunsford, Mr. O going from like the 212 to like the big boys. Yeah. You got to have the genetics, but for realistically, most of us don't have the genetics to bodybuild. So then you have to really look at the work ethic and then from there decide like, can you be consistent with said work ethic for not just weeks and months, but months to years, especially when it comes to taking long off seasons? Yeah. You know, we saw Ash on, on the IG that we were complaining about yesterday. People in off season jumping into like mini cuts. Oh my God, dude. That's like the bane of my existence. That's That's literally the number one question I get from females. How do you deal mm-hmm. with, being in your off season for so long and getting body fat. I was like, you just, you, there is no, there is no, how you just do it. Like you just embrace it because that's what you need to do to get better. So like buy new clothes, like stop body checking every five seconds and like pick up sewing, pick up a hobby, you know, like fill up your time because if you have all this extra time, like crunching your rolls, it's like you have too much free time and that's not okay. But yeah. And I think you're getting a lot of the questions like, Oh, but you're in a mini cut and you're doing this, but the bitch has been in an off season for X amount of years, you know? And like people, a lot of my clients are coming at my freaking neck for this. Like my midsection is, it stays relatively lean. My legs are fucking pretty shredded for an off season, but it's because I got some dense muscle, you know, because mm-hmm. I put in the work over the years. I've gotten my digestion sorted over the years. Like, it's not like it happened like this. I have photos of when I was 200 plus um, in my last off season, when I took it kind of seriously, I did not look the same. Mm-hmm. I did not look the same. And people are just like, oh, but why, how can you stay this lean in the off season? But then you preach, don't stay lean in the off season. I'm like, I'm, I'm at a healthy body fat percentage. I get my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's, eating. That's it. And, like, <laughs> That's definitely everyone's will look different. Yeah. Because how much muscle do you need to put on? What does your body need for body fat to be healthy, to function, to perform, you know, a menstrual cycle and all of the above? And then how much body fat do you need necessarily need to accompany the amount of muscle that you need to put on? Mm -hmm. Because it's so different without the other. Mm -hmm. And it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like I always say like, I can grow off of low amounts of food. I know I eat more food and tolerate more food, but Cameron's keeping my food pretty modest, I'd say. I mean, it's still like over 3,400 daily, but like, it's, yeah, with my with how much muscle I have, I could easily be eating like 4K and still probably hold relatively the same body comp and we'll probably get my food up there eventually during this growth phase. But like, people are so quick to like, 
I don't know, pull carbs down because they're seeing just a little bit of lines disappear or something. And like, you got to be patient with this shit. It takes mm-hmm. years, guys. Legit. Yeah. Now, would exactly. you argue that my my personal thoughts have always been, I don't think the individual necessarily needs to get that. Like I do nah. think that you should mm-hmm. still have shape. You should still mm-hmm. be able to decipher the structure maybe some lines not I'm not saying like a chiseled physique but like shaped lines like outlines at least that that's a healthy body fat and still a good look I don't think that you should have crazy amounts of body fat either because then you put yourself in a position that you have Mm -hmm. to do like the crazy Mm yo-yo of you know gaining losing and not even just from an aesthetics or mental health point but that's not great for your organs there's no, a Goldilocks. Yeah. There's there's the, yeah. that Goldilocks syndrome that every competitor, every athlete has to find when it comes to what they need to grow. And in my opinion, and this could be like super like petty, and so you we can talk about it if needed. But there's a difference between taking an improvement season versus bulking, right? And an improvement season, I feel like, is a bit more intentional versus mm-hmm. when I hear the word bulk. To me, that just sounds messy. It sounds just what about lean bulk. okay um it's just like when i think of the word bulk it's just like it's just it's literally like and it's like we don't bulk here we are intentional with our off seasons to improve right and i think a lot of the times is when people hear off seasons because the word monotonous is used quite a lot it gets confused for mindless and your off season in order to improve cannot be mindless it is going to be monotonous and repetitive but you can't just go laissez-faire because then like laura is saying then you notice your body composition starts to change negatively where maybe we start taking too many cheat meals free meals whatever and the body fat and inflammation accrues and then you have to do these mini cuts and these like little pullback phases and every time you do that you lose out on growth potential. And this holds true whether you're a natural athlete or an enhanced athlete. There's that Goldilocks standard that you want to remain in so that way you make the most amount of progress and you're efficient with it. Yeah, there's definitely a difference between healthy body fat accumulation in the off season and getting fat in the off season. And I'll be honest with people, um, you know, if like Laura said, like you don't see any type of like lines, like I hate saying like ab lines because I don't need to see your abs, but like you shouldn't have like a pillow around your waist. You shouldn't be like, okay, yeah, I have cellulite. People don't really believe that when I say that. I have cellulite. Mm-hmm. I get like some some fat on my legs. Like, yeah, they stay relatively lean, mm-hmm. but I don't stay like shredded with like thigh veins and all this stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But like Ash said, like you need to be intentional. People use the off season to like have all these free meals. And I'm just like, okay, let me like, where's your head at? Like, do you want to be competitive in bodybuilding or do you want this, this balance? Like I'm not saying like balance and bodybuilding can't go hand in hand because like I have so many trips lined up this year. I'm exploring things. I go out to a nice dinner sometimes with my friends. Um, You know, I have like an off plan meal here and there, but like 90% of my day, you know, or week or whatever is structured. It's intentional with my meals, my timing, my sleep, my training. 
And that's where people get it twisted. They think like they need these elaborate cheat meals and like top it off with Ben and Jerry's and all this stuff. And I'm just like, where'd your head at? Yeah. One out of this. They treat their cheat meals like it's their last meal, like they're a prisoner. Legit- you know I what I'm used saying? to too. I used to do that yeah. shit too. But like the other day, my friend, he got me um three crumble cookies. I told him to get me one. But he got me all three that I sent him pictures of. And I sat there, I took like two bites of each. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. He's like, that's it. (laughs) And he's like (laughs) in prep now, so he can't eat them. But I'm just like, yeah, that's it. I got I got what I wanted out of that. It was it was yummy. But oh he was looking for an in-depth feedback. Yeah, that's right. Like Like, smell (laughs) them. Give him like the rundown. (laughs) Yeah, no. But yeah. And I think that comes with uh mental maturity in this sport for sure it takes time like I was never this way like past off seasons I would have the crazy cheat meals I would feel uncontrolled like around certain foods in my house and like I've gotten better I know you're working at that ash but like just certain food restrictions that we've placed on ourselves over the years and then we kind of like go crazy when we have certain things but it, it takes time just like anything you know Mm-hmm. nope agreed agreed but kind of going back to the idea of like being realistic when it comes to timelines it's like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get into this mindset when they first start bodybuilding that they're going to go pro in two years because like one mm-hmm. percent of the population that we see on Instagram that gets circulated because it's so fucking impressive it's going to be like oh well that's going to be me because I was that Delulu yeah. when I was competing in my first competition I was like got off stage got my boobs done and then it was when I started to like get back into the gym post-surgery and then I was like hooked in bodybuilding where I was like I'm gonna do all these drugs I'm gonna get big and I'm gonna go pro within a year like I literally told myself that like it was so delusional and this was also the year that COVID was happening and so while I was on my first cycle and still like doing fucking macros and you know, training seven days a week, doing cardio, like all this other bullshit that just didn't align or make sense with, you know, true growth potential. I had like literally gotten in my head that I was going to compete this year at junior USA's because they had amended the rules where you didn't have to be nationally qualified in order to compete at a national show because they were just so desperate to have athletes on stage and have competitors because things were getting shut down because of COVID. And I literally told my friend, I was like, I wonder if my coach will let me do an eight week prep because I was still relatively lean. And obviously you're on Anavar, so you look full as a fucking house. And she was like, don't do an eight week prep. Like, it was just like, I was so deluded because I didn't, well, I wasn't realistic. I was so hungry for a pro card and I was chasing this outcome rather than being realistic with what I really needed to do and being more mature as a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and actually taking the building part seriously. And that's why I told myself when I kind of got like my head out of my ass that you're not going to compete until you were proud of what you built, which is why, again, it has taken me five years to be like, you know what? I am finally proud enough of my physique, of my mental state, how I conduct myself, how I lead my team, how I lead, you know, in like my friend groups and stuff like that. So now I feel worthy enough to step on stage and whatever the outcome is, is the outcome. I can't control that. I just control my actions leading up to it. And that's kind of like my like journey from A to Z with where I was versus now where I am at. Like that. 
Yeah, I think it's all about maturing as an athlete and an individual when it comes to that. Um, what was, God, sorry, people are blowing up my WhatsApp, man. The anxiety. When you did, uh -huh. was that the first day of our cycle in 2020, you think? Was that doing home workouts? That's crazy. <laughs> You guys, I'm telling you, I was fucked. I had the best pumps though with bands. Don't sleep on bands. Don't sleep on bands. I don't mean like booty bands. I mean like resistance bands doing like Y raises and shit. I literally had a, a bouncy trampoline connected with. Amazing. Um, what? I'm just saying that's amazing for homework. Yeah, it was like I said, I got gnarly pumps from bands um, and bamboo and water jugs. That's how I lifted and did squats and shit. I had a whole setup. It was insane. But yeah. I didn't know shit. I was dumb. Amazing. In front of my bands. But yeah, Megan, what were bands you going to say? Yeah, so, um, I was just going back to what you wrote. The different divisions, genetics, work ethic thing. Kind of touched There's, uh, There was something else. My brain is not functioning. The mental maturity of the athlete that would do whatever it takes to be successful. Yeah. Which one did you want to go into? Um, well, I think it's like people are more so rushing the process nowadays because of social media. Um, definitely. Yep. And kind of like going back to what I was saying with Ash is like people are like one week they're 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 bulky and the next week they're hopping into a mini cut but like i'm just like why like maybe like people i think people jump to oh i need to cut like i don't see muscle because i'm too fat i need to cut mm -hmm. like maybe we don't see muscle because you train like a pansy ass maybe you don't see muscle because you're actually not eating enough to efficiently put on muscle so instead of jumping straight to, oh, I need to slash my calories and get shredded, like look at the other like low hanging fruit that you need to kind of attack first in your off season. But I think people just get caught up in like, oh, I need to do a show this year. Like I was kind of like hooked on that. Like I was like, oh, Tampa Pro 2024, that's the one I'm doing it. And like, maybe it will happen, maybe not. But like, now I'm in a better mindset where I'm like, okay, if it doesn't happen, I have more time to put into my craft to bring a crazy ass package when I do step on the stage. Um, but yeah, then you have people here like rushing their off season when they haven't even like competed once. And I'm like, take your time. I wish I did. I wish I took time to actually grow. Like my first figure prep, looking at those photos I'm just like what the fuck <laughs> I was like a skinny little thing but you could see I had quads but that was it <laughs> everything else no delts no delts mm -hmm. so yeah the social media definitely perpetuated the like you need yeah. to hurry up and get it and it's like it's not about chasing a pro card or chasing it overall it's about chasing like your personal best and being attached to your worth ethic and the journey and the process and how you're going to grow as a person is the most fun you will have in bodybuilding versus like just chasing a, a mindless pro card 
And it's, you know, I'm, I'm in a way I'm chasing it because yeah, I would love to earn my IFBB pro card, but like, it's not about that. It's about like being my absolute best. And if my best is good enough, then that's what matters. But Laura, what were you going to say? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's fine. Um, I think too, a, a realistic conversation should also take place between coach and athlete. Like what is the actual goal with competing mm -hmm. before you're making any type of timelines and stuff? Because I've had extreme conversations going either direction lately with clients, one that is going to be competing in wellness and doesn't want to step on stage until she's like, I feel I can be a top five at like, you know, a physique worthy of top five at like a national stage. Great. I have another client that wants to compete in bikini. She's competed once more, didn't have a coach that was guiding her correctly, but also wants to stay natural. And she just wants to be the goal and have the goal of bringing a physique she feels proud of. Mm -hmm. And that timeline is going to look very different than the girl that's like, I want to fucking bring it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's me. I'm the bring it girl because I did the, <laughs> I want to do my best when I first did bodybuilding. But now it's like, now that I know I love bodybuilding and I also love competing now, it's like, okay, now I need to do that's this right. Mm -hmm. That's the key though. You won't know that until you get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. So like, I know that this may be a, a contradicting argument, but I tell most athletes that have never competed before to compete at least once naturally to see if they even like it that much because oh, you no, might I not agree. That's and, for sure. And yeah. if you don't, and then you're investing uh, your health, I guess you could say, not even just finances in PEDs and decide, hey, this isn't really for me. That's a fucking waste. Yeah. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. Like, I agree. Like I get like natural health preps aren't like healthy, but like even if we could use just a little bit of thyroid, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing like crazy um but like i think that's really wise because if you find that like you fucking hate competing like imagine like destroying your health or getting slightly virilized or whatever for the for literally nothing if you find out you hate competing so no i mean compete because you want to see if you like it but like you shouldn't in my opinion go from like potato to being like, oh, I want to be an IFBB pro. Like you need to already be like in health and wellness and like training and stuff like that. And then you want to like push yourself to like the next level. And then you like show what you're made out of to do like, you know, a proper building phase and then a contest prep and see if you even like, again, being a competitive bodybuilder on stage, because you can be a bodybuilder in my opinion, without wanting to compete. Like there is a little bit of difference in my opinion, sure, because sure. like at the end of the day, we're not all going to yeah, I mean, I'm masters 90, let's go, <laughs> but we're not all going to be competitive bodybuilders until we die. I don't know. Maybe some of us will, but at the end of the day, it's like you, you will hang up your, your heels in your suit, but I'm probably speaking for all of us, uh, but we're probably all going to continue to still go to the gym as long as we're able and probably still eat relatively the same, even if we're not like tracking on my fitness pal, like okay, well, I'm still going to eat chicken, broccoli, and rice or fucking sushi because like it is the bomb.com, but that's just my two cents. I don't know, yeah. by like 80 or so, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts and getting my little uh, muffins and crumpets. And get your whatever. blueberry muffin, Laura. That's <laughs> right. That's it. You <laughs> know, they go for like daily pastry. It's probably like around three o'clock or so. And that's their dinner. Yeah. By that point, you've earned it. Yeah, you've earned it. Yeah, but- <laughs> I'm the same. I mean, I think getting your feet wet, doing it naturally is the way to go. See if you actually like it, like Ash said. Um, but I'm also not a fan of using bodybuilding as 
a bucket list item to check off and then not taking mm -hmm. it seriously, stepping on stage and literally, I think that that looks so, I think it's rude, honestly, because bodybuilding, I hold a very high regard for those athletes who work their ass off. And then you have somebody up there who looks like they haven't even started their prep yet. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. fuck with that. I'd agree. So, I had a post on that where it was like my, my, my weight loss, like my big, like, you know, I lost over a hundred pounds. Oh yeah. I was like, whole... that's not bodybuilding. Not people bodybuilding. like the people who had never, this is the people, those are the division. The bodybuilders were like, yes, this is not bodybuilding a hundred percent. And then like the other crowd that were like, that's mean, like whatever, like got their panties in a twist. None of them had competed. None of them were yeah, bodybuilders. And they have categories for that and other federations too. That's like transformation yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they go do that. So about bodybuilding, but it's still impressive. It's just not bodybuilding. Yeah, yeah and that's fine. <laughs> like, but I do think it's like a, it's a bash to the sport when you step on stage and you're not, you know, you're not bodybuilding. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but I also agree with like, yeah, don't don't hop on gear if you don't know you like bodybuilding. Um, but then at the same time, like these people who don't know if they like it, if you don't know, you're still a gin pop client, whatever you want to call yourself, and you're getting into the gym and you're like, mm, maybe considering a show in the future, like the year from now, hire a coach, a coach who is well-versed in this to kind of give you like the guideline and the help that you need and give you these processes that like, okay, maybe you like it, maybe you don't, maybe you find out like, oh, training that way that I actually have to in order to be this shape, even bikini, like, maybe that's just not for me. And you didn't know it, because you didn't hire a coach yet. So mm -hmm. yeah, I see these people that I follow on Instagram, like they don't have a coach, but they're like, they're just hopping into like different phases each week. Yep. And I'm like, it's not how it works. Mm -hmm. so. yeah like I'm all for like being self-coached when it comes to like general lifestyle stuff as if it, especially if you've done your research because like I was self-coached through my fat loss phases I made a fuck ton of mistakes and got eating disorders and stuff but I respected the hustle and the research and the amount of sweat equity I put into it but at a certain point you have to realize that you can no longer effectively coach yourself when you are too emotional to make the right decisions for your long-term health and your long-term goals. And everyone is so quick to want to save a buck when in reality, they're just spinning their wheels and wasting time. And like, I get that this is a, a luxury service, but you are truly wanting to be a bodybuilder and take it seriously and lead by example, especially if you're a coach yourself and you're not working with a coach and you're just like, you know, fucking off with your programming and you're like, oh, I need to do a mini cut because I have, you know, a pinch of fat on me. It's like, you're not going to be where you want to be. And that's where you need to hire that coach, whether you are an amateur or an, an, even a pro, especially a pro when you need to be able to make and execute at an even higher level, because you need to be able to have someone who is not emotionally attached to your body make the right decisions for you when it comes to your nutrition, your training, and especially if you are an enhanced person, because as someone that uses enhancements, I can tell you that when you're on cycle and you're feeling like fucking superwoman, when it's time to come off, it can be kind of like a, 
oh, really? Like, can we just do a couple more weeks? And it's like, God damn it. No, like there's a time to be on cycle and a time to be off cycle. So you need someone that cares enough about you to make the right decisions for your long-term health and your physicals, mm -hmm. of course. Yeah. It's like, even me, I mean, I've never, I've never self-coached myself through like a prep or anything like that, or an actual intentional off season. Well, kind of, because I did have like, I mean, shit up until I hired Cameron last June I was self-coaching, I guess, but I didn't make the right decisions. I was eating like maybe like, honestly, like sub 120 grams of protein a day like eating a shit ton of like fruits as my carbs and eating a shit ton of like almond butter. And that would be like my meals. Yeah. And like, obviously that's not conducive to shit. Um, and I was like running and then one week I was doing like functional training and this and that. And I'm like, where is my head at? Yeah. And then finally, you know, last, or I guess not last, but 2022 in December, I was like, I'm going to give this bodybuilding thing a go. Mm -hmm. So then I start self-coaching from December up until about like mid spring. And I'm like, okay, I've gotten some pretty good progress on my own, but then the professional Meg was like, okay, you need to hire someone because you don't know how to get to where you want to be. And I had to own up on that. And that's why I reached out to Cameron and that's why I'm working with the coach. And like, I'm a coach myself, but we need coaches. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't a general population person who's never sat on stage not need a coach you know makes no sense and they'll realize that too once they get up on stage and feel like shit because they look like shit compared to everybody else Ooh. well yeah 100 percent. okay go. laura laura's just like <laughs> 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 all right well that's it guys uh but no legit though they will and they're no worse of, yeah a lot of people's <laughs> reasons are like oh i'm in the off season i'm trying to save money I'm like, well, honestly, you're wasting money because you're probably like, I don't know, spending your money on shit that's not even conducive to bodybuilding. Or maybe you're like running some stupid protocol that you didn't even need and you're wasting money on that, you know? So at least pay a little extra for the guidance to get you somewhere quicker. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I agree. I think... What I liked about May's story in particular is you knew you needed a coach sub subconsciously, you knew you needed a coach, yeah. but you weren't going to waste a coach's time because you were still struggling with the fundamentals that you already knew you knew how to do by yourself. So you actually had to start building up your own self-confidence to kind of hit the basics. That way, once yeah. you had tapped out and kind of reintroduced more bodybuilding habits conducive to your goal you were set up well. So that way, when you did pay and hire a coach, you could just get back on it with this brand new, like protocol programming that they have yeah. written for you versus like someone that's like that, that like, you know, is totally just fucking off and is like, Oh, I need to kick in the ass. I'm gonna hire a coach, but they haven't even like put in their own sweat equity yet. of just like getting into the gym, you know, eating more consistently with their meals, like sleeping like some people do genuinely need help with that especially first timers i'm not knocking that but since you are obviously like a well-established bodybuilder you're an ifbb pro like you put in your own sweat equity to build up your self-confidence first mm -hmm. and then you made the big girl investment of hiring camera cheek and that's what i love about your story yeah. in particular yeah yeah and i think it's also important to know you know 
there's life outside of bodybuilding when it comes to these things. Like I tried different means of fitness and um, I've just always came back to my passion, which is bodybuilding. Um, so I guess that's another way to know if like, if you want to do this shit if you just keep going back to it and back to it. Um, hopefully that's what that means. And it's not like a toxic thing. <laughs> like Going to like fill in the void. <laughs> like, hopefully it's good, but no, yeah, I've, never been more passionate about this whole bodybuilding shit lately so mm -hmm. feels good it's good mm -hmm. and your physique reflects think, it too i think another way too that you could kind of look at your whole situation what you did waiting to hire a coach and all of that is like are you ready to be coachable i think that that's mm -hmm. a fair request to ask and that could be a podcast we do in our in itself um for sure in many different directions are you ready to give up control mm. for a certain type of person type a whatever you want to call it and then for the opposite person that doesn't have any structure are you ready to start to add it and i think that that both of those ends of the spectrum need to be able to be checked off before it's even worth the investment truthfully for both coach and athlete no that's a great addition i think I that's a really good one yeah yeah let's kind of sum it all up here when it comes to like the the idea of like having a timeline and being realistic with the timeline no matter whether you are enhanced or natural no matter your division you need to be realistic when it comes to your goals and be realistic with what you're willing to put in sweat equity wise to get to said goal like don't just think that peds are going to automatically get you that card that's not true don't think that just mm -hmm. because you're bikini, you're going to have an easier time than someone who's figure like, yes, potentially, but then also there's the, the caveat. Well, because there is less muscle required in bikini, there's also more athletes. So therefore there's different ways that you have to be competitive and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, hire someone that is going to be helping you get to your goal, but will also be realistic with you and won't just like shove sparkles up your butt thinking like you're going to do a great job when it's like you need someone to show you that, yes, you have potential and you have the work ethic, but you also need to be realistic and down to earth with what you're actually able to accomplish, um, whether it's like lifestyle or even like, especially in the competitive realm, which is obviously kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, I think, you know, it's great to have like large audacious goals, but you have to be realistic with them at the end of the day, you know, bodybuilding, there's that saying like, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it is so true, yeah. you know, like not, I know they hand out more pro cards nowadays, but you're not going to get a pro card the first year you compete for most people. And that's fine. That gives you something to continuously work for. Mm -hmm. um so yeah just because you don't get it in one year two year fucking five years like it's fine there's people who haven't gotten their pro card and they've competed for eight years like at national shows like like not just like shows. taking and they have great years. physiques mm -hmm. yeah so yeah if you're going from just being the cardio bunny at the gym and then expect to get your pro card in two years like come on now you gotta be realistic mm -hmm. Snaps and claps. Laura, any yeah. final thoughts? Miss May? Like you, no glasses today, but like you said, you've been bodybuilding for quite some time, but 
the amount of time that you've been like serious and checking off all the boxes too is the time that you kind of count for how long yeah. you've been putting forth effort. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because my first, I've been competing for 10 years and honestly the first eight yeah. were dick. <laughs> but they were dick, but like they still gave you, you could take little bits that you gained from those. And I think that's important. But yeah, mine were dick too. I didn't, I didn't really start getting serious until I think I competed as a fucking pro. But that, <laughs> and then that's I also lost why the we're, seriousness. <laughs> right. But that's also why but, we're coaches though, right? Because we realized our mistakes and we're like, shit, if we can help other people, especially female athletes, which most female athletes like are again, cardio bunnies or like they're, they're diet hoes, which we were all diet hoes at some point. It's like, you know, when you are, when you have the realization enough and the like introspection to be like, Hey, I, I fucked up. I screwed up. I want to help other people not make these mistakes. That's why it's so beneficial to work with a coach because it's like, chances are they have been exactly in your shoes and have that relatability and have that empathy. So that way they can like guide you and steer you away from those potholes versus getting flat tires every 10 yards, just like in goose Creek as Meg is like, wow, your roads are terrible, which they are. They're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. Last thing. It's his birthday on the 6th. On the 6th. On the 6th. I'm glad the microphone is blocking his little bits, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Turning to. Question for you. Can Eric and Chip have a shared birthday? Because Eric's birthday is February 8th. Yeah. He has a party on Sunday with all of his doodle friends. Eric is like, I'm not going to share my birthday with a fucking dog. It is Chip. It is Chip. You fucking shit. <laughs> this one. Look at him. He's hell. the cutest. Mom, are you ready to is. walk me? That's what he's saying. Okay. Hello. You can, you can <laughs> make those uh, bacon flavored cupcakes that you did last year. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's his birthday, and I got him. I'll send you guys a picture, but I got him a little crown to wear. Oh my god. So that's cool. So cute. Yeah, it's his birthday. That's all I wanted to share. I love it. Well, happy birthday, Chip. Happy birthday, Chip, in five days. That's right. Thank you. That's right. All right, ladies. In the meantime, it was good podcast with you. Love you, ladies. Love you. Have a good day. Bye.